Hey guys, I'm Pastor Jason Shirley. I'm the associate pastor right here at Word of Life Church in Carlsbad, New Mexico. And I'm really excited that you have joined us today online. Just a couple of things. I want you to drop us a line if you're watching wherever in the world and let us know where you're watching from. We would love to hear from you. Second, if you want to partner with us today in a financial way, then you can give by texting 84321 and just text your amount, or you can go to our website, wolcarlsbad.com, and you can click the Give tab and give that way. The last thing today is that if you have any needs or anything like that that we can partner with you on, then drop us a line and send us that, and we're going to partner with you in prayer. I believe today is going to be a wonderful day. I want you to open up your heart to receive from the Word of God today and always remember that God is madly in love with you. Let's get to the service. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We worship you today. We worship you today. We worship you today. We worship you today. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. If you're watching us online this morning, I just hear the Spirit of God saying this on the inside of me. If you're watching us, there's some of you that you have some friends that they're, they're not watching us, but they need healing in their body today. Before we're finished today, we're going to minister healing. And your friend, you need to give your friends a call. Let me just say this. Give, give your friends a call and ask them to tune in. If they're skeptical, just say, just, just give this a chance. Just do this for me. Get them to tune in because the Spirit of God is going to say some specific things about healing today. So call your friends right now. Send them a message. Tell them how to log in and watch us. God's going to minister some specific things about healing today before we're finished. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, the Lord is good, isn't he? Amen. Praise God. Let's bring up some house lights, turn to somebody near you and say, God is madly in love with you, and you may be seated. Praise God. You see, we have a, we have a message that it is important that we get out to the world. We have a, 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 um, a motto, uh, I guess, is that's really not the right way, to, the right term. But uh, in any case, we have a thing that we say around here, and that is, until the whole world knows that God is madly in love with them. Praise God. You say, well, how long are you going to preach this? 
until the whole world knows. Praise God. God is madly in love with them. You see, John 3.16 says, God so world, he was so madly in love with the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes upon him would not perish, but have everlasting life. Praise God. Praise God. Well, who is ready to worship the Lord with your giving today? Praise God. Praise God. It is a good thing to give to God. Let me just read a a passage of Scripture to you this morning. Found in Luke chapter 16. He who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much. And he who is unjust in what is least is also unjust is unjust also in much. Now, if you read the whole context of what he's talking about here, he's talking about and uh, here he goes on and he, he and he calls that which is least. Praise God. And then in verse 23, or excuse me, verse 11, 23, where I get that. Uh, verse 11, he says, Therefore, if you have not been faithful, righteous mammon, who will trust the true riches and if you have not been faithful in what is another man's who will give you what is your own and then in verse 13 he says no servant can serve two masters for either he will hate the one and love the other or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other not serve God and mammon the word mammon there um could be translated as wealth, but it can also um, be confidence or trust. And so what communicating to us here is that you cannot put your confidence in money and in God at the same time. He says you will either put your confidence in one or the other, but you can't do both. And uh, it, the, the real problem is not money. You know, money is not the root of all evil. The love of money is the root of all evil. The problem here is confidence in money. God wants you to trust Him. Praise God. Not trust the things that you possess. Praise God. And so, uh, as I share that with you, you know... Um, Notice what he he calls it the least. Money is what is least. And so, you know, do you put your trust and your confidence in God, or do you put your trust and your confidence in what you have in your wallet or your bank account? Praise God. God wants you to trust Him. Praise God. And, uh, um, you know, he, Jesus said this. He said, give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will men put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you meet with all, it will be measured back to you again. Do you trust God in what he said there? Praise God. Praise God. So let's, uh, we're getting ready to receive our tithes and offerings. I want to uh, also tell you we have been talking about our uh, payoff for our building, I don't have the exact figure, 
but I'll just say this, that, that uh, this is the first time that we have announced that we are now under $9,000. Uh, <laughs> praise God. And so, uh, you know, I'm, I'm still saying we're going to do this uh, quickly. Praise God. And uh, all we've ever asked anybody to do is ask God what he wants you to do and then do it. Praise God. That puts it between you and God, not between you and me, okay? It's, it's between you and God. Ask him what he wants you to do and then do it. Praise God. It's that simple. If you, um, we have several ways to give. You can text your giving to 84321. You can give the old-fashioned way using the envelope in the back of the seat in front of you. You can go to wolcarlsbad.com, and you can click the Donate tab there. We've got several ways that you can give. You can, uh, uh, we've got square stations, and you can swipe your card at, swear, at, the, at the square. No, we don't want to be swearing. Uh, at the square station, praise God. And uh, so anyway, let's lift one hand and say this together. Say, Father, I thank you for the privilege of giving to you. I thank you that as I give, it is given unto me. Good measure, pressed down shaken together, running over, and I'll have to give again. In Jesus' name, amen. And the ushers are coming down the aisle, and Jason is coming with announcements. Amen. So I think that it might be a good fundraiser. I'm not going to ask how many people would have to use it, but maybe we have a swear station where you have to swipe your card. What do you think? Yeah? You've heard of a swear jar, right, where you put... Uh, we probably wouldn't get any money because none of y'all would ever have to put any money into it, right? Right? <laughs> Sherry's just straight up in the back. She's like, no, 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 I'd, I'd have to. All right, I got a couple of exciting uh, announcements. First of all, our, um, our June outreach is going to happen this Saturday, um, and we're going to be putting a, a railing on a wheelchair ramp for a... Uh, for an elderly lady uh, in town that just needed some assistance. And so we're going to be doing that at 8 o'clock. Uh, we're going to meet um, We're gonna meet at her house, which is, do you know her address off the top of your head? And I should have written that down. It's on Green Street. Just drive up and down until you see our cars. Um, no, I'll, um, I'll give you the address, and uh, we'll make sure that you have it. Um, secondly, I'm going to go ahead and announce our July outreach because it's like super big, okay? And um, so we, we do these outreaches every month, and we've been doing them since September of last year, and sometimes we require a lot of people. Sometimes we require, um, we require to raise some funds to be able to do it and things like that. So we have a big ask in July, and so I'm telling you ahead of time. July 27th, we have two huge events coming up. The first one is um, one that, that Joe Lopez is putting together. It's called the Blessing of the Bikes. And um, we're excited. This is going to be the second annual Blessing of the Bikes. And so if you, uh, if you ride motorcycles or you know people who do, um, invite them to come. And it's just a, a family event. Joe can explain it better than I can, but it's a family event um, that everyone is welcome to to come out. And um, at, at, we're going to have food and music and bounce houses. It's going to happen in downtown Carlsbad. And um, it, it ends with praying a blessing over the bikes and their riders as they, they ride wherever. 
And so um, we're excited about being able to do that and to reach out to that community. And so to make Blessing of the Bikes happen, first of all, you can give financially to Blessing of the Bikes. And the second thing that you can do is we need assistance. We need help, people to cook, people to direct traffic, people to watch bounce houses and face paint and things like that, okay? So um, in order to get involved with that, I'm going to have a sign-up sheet out at the uh, welcome counter. I know that some of you have already told Joe that you're going to help out with that, and that's amazing. We need about 12 people minimum to help out with that, okay, to make blessing of the bikes happen. Now, last week, I love this because when you, I think it's important to note that whenever we set our hands to do something and we say, God, you can use me, then God is going to give you opportunities. And um, when we set out to do an outreach every month, you know what, sometimes, I'm, I'm not going to lie to you, it's kind of hard to come up with something um, to do that's just a little bit different. I mean, we, there's always things to do, don't get me wrong, and we're outreaching every day. But to come up with something that I, I, I want to reach out to those um, that, that maybe are unthought of, or maybe these aren't the, the opportunities that are always just right in front of you. And so last week, I had a, a representative from the school contact me and say, hey, we've got a back-to-school bash happening on July 27th, and we want to know if Word of Life would like to be a part of it. Well, before I even know what they want, my answer is yes. Yes, we want to be a part. Yes, we want to put our hands to work, knowing that we've already got something else, but you guys are awesome, right? So um, what we're going to do uh, on July 27th for the, the Carlsbad Schools back-to-school bash is we're going to provide three booths for the back-to-school bash. A dunk tank, we're going to provide, so if anybody wants to be dunked, we're going to provide a dunk tank, we're going to provide a, uh, a face painting, and we're going to provide a snow cone booth um, for the back-to-school bash. That's 10 o'clock to 1 o'clock. Um, and so I need about six to eight people to help with the back-to-school bash from 10 o'clock to 1 o'clock. Um, for the Carlsbad schools, all right? So I think that we're so awesome that we can come up with about 20-plus people to be in both places at one time and to just really blitz our community. What do you think? You think we can do that? Yeah? I think we can do that. So I'm going to have a sign-up sheet for that one as well. We need a minimum of, I would say, six people, minimum of six. Um, for that one, we need a minimum of 12 for blessing of the bikes, and um, all those are just minimums um, because anyone who wants to set their hands to do something has something to do. Amen? Praise God, praise God. And then one more announcement real quick. I'm going to have details on this um, next week. I'm crossing my fingers. But on August the 4th, which is a Sunday, we're going to be doing our back-to-school day. You're like, man, school just got out. How come you're talking about back-to-school? On August 4th, we're going to do our back-to-school day um, and our family day. So um, we're going to have a back-to-school service, back-to-school theme service. We're going to pray for teachers, pray for students, and then we're going to take a little break, and we're all going to meet up down at the water park, and we've rented out the water park for that night for a family day, okay? So that's going to be our August outreach, and we're going to give you guys some tickets to distribute to your friends. They can come hang out with us at the water park free of charge. Um, just as a blessing to them and to their family, all right? So that's a Sunday night, August the 4th. Lots of awesome stuff coming up at Word of Life. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Well, whoever does the dunk tank 
It will be hot outside, so you will enjoy that. And, uh, you know, I always just have lots of comments about uh, announcements when Jason does them. The other one is, if you drive up and down the street looking for our cars, you know, don't come and say, oh, I'm, we, you mean I built a, a ramp down the street there? Oh, that was the wrong person? Yeah. I just kind of think about weird things like that sometimes. But we got our bridge class ready to be dismissed this morning. We're going to dig into the Word of God. We have been talking about Jesus, our high priest, the high priesthood of Jesus. Praise God. Hallelujah. Well, let's say this together. Say, Father, I thank you for your Word. Your Word is spirit and life to me. I believe with all my heart that your Word, sown in good ground, produces good fruit. I am good ground for the Word. I'm a hearer of the word, not a doer only. And I said that wrong. I am a doer of the word, not a hearer only. <laughs> and I am blessed in my deeds. Don't say what I said. Say what I meant. Okay? <laughs> and I rejoice today because you sent the Holy Spirit to reveal truth to me. I'll receive truth, act upon it, be changed by it, and I will never be the same again. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God. Well, everything that relates to your healing and your provision for your material needs and those kind of things, already by the work of Jesus at the cross. But you see, Jesus didn't just go to the cross and then, you know, he, he finished his work there and uh, then he went back to heaven and he sat down there and he's taking rest while, you know, we're doing whatever we do down here. He is there and he is fulfilling a very important a very important responsibility. He is there at the right hand of the Father, which the Bible says He's there making intercession for you, which is part of His priestly duties at the right hand of the Father. Let me just kind of wrap this up in a in, in a night, and then we'll start breaking it all apart. Okay. Jesus went to the cross... And when he went to the cross, he went there as the Lamb of God. The Bible calls him the Lamb which was slain from the foundation of the world. Under the Old Covenant, the priests would offer the sacrifices for the people. The people would bring the sacrifice, the lamb, the, the bull, the goat, the, whatever they were, the, the sacrifice was. They would bring that sacrifice, and they would offer that sacrifice, and, and the priest would examine the sacrifice. Now, notice this is real important. The priest would examine the sacrifice, not the person bringing the sacrifice. Okay? He would, off, uh, he, he would then kill that lamb, 
and he would take the blood of that lamb and he would carry it into the Holy of Holies and he would offer that blood of the lamb on the altar, on the, um, on the mercy seat of God. Now, the, I mean, this, this is so packed full of information. You're going to have to pay very careful attention. Uh, but I'm hitting this real fast, and like I say, then we'll begin to break this all down. But he would carry that blood in and offer it on the mercy seat of God. Now, the mercy seat sat on the top of, it was the top for the Ark of the Covenant. And inside the Ark of the Covenant, there was um, uh, the tablets of stone, the Ten Commandments that Moses gave to the people. Also, a jar of manna uh, that, that was inside the Ark of the Covenant. Now, it's important, notice here, remember when Jesus was tempted in the wilderness uh, for 40 days, and at that time he was tempted that uh, Satan came to him and he said, if you are the Son of God, stones to be turned into bread. Now, there's some significance there. Stones representing the two tablets of stone, the law, the Ten Commandments. And then the bread or the manna was also in there. Jesus, uh, you know, man shall not live by bread alone, every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. But what was Jesus essentially saying is the stones, the Ten Commandments, can never be manna, can never be bread. And so Jesus, therefore, did not turn the stones into bread. It wasn't that Jesus didn't have the ability, but it was that stones can't be bread. The Ten Commandments can't be spiritual sustenance for you. Praise God. And so, but inside, on those Ten Commandments, that is the law of God that, that uh, under the Old Covenant, that man was judged by how effectively he kept the law of God. Because no one could perfectly keep the Ten one could perfectly keep the law of God. The Bible tells us that if we miss it in one commandment, we, uh, we are guilty of breaking all ten. Praise God. And so the book or the, the stone tablets that we were, uh, those under the old covenant, were judged by is inside the Ark of the Covenant. The blood of the Lamb was applied on the top of the lid. Above, on the top of the Ark of the Covenant were two cherubim, and above the cherubim was where God was seated. And God is looking down, and instead of seeing the Ten Commandments, because there is blood in between the Ten Commandments, Get, get, a, uh, get a picture of this in your mind. The Ten Commandments are down here. The lid is here. God is seated up here. God is looking down. The blood was applied 
between God and the Ten Commandments. Now, when he looked and he saw the blood, then he, he on, on the basis of the blood, the people provided a covering for their sins. Now, I want you to get this. Jesus is called the Lamb which was slain from the foundation of the world. So Jesus went to the cross, spilled his blood there, and when he rose from the dead, now remember when Mary went to the tomb and Jesus was no longer in the tomb, but she met him in the garden. She thought he was a gardener at first, and then she recognized who he was when he spoke to her. But Jesus said to her, don't touch me because I have not yet ascended to the Father. So Jesus meets her, but he is going to the Father. What's he going to the Father for? He is going to the Father with his own blood. Now, who carried the blood in and applied it on the mercy seat of God in the Holy of Holies? The priest, the high priest. And he did that once a year. Jesus became our eternal high priest, but he went there not with the blood of bulls and goats, but he went there with his own blood and carried it into the Holy of Holies in heaven, not the picture of the Holy of Holies, which was in the tabernacle in the wilderness, but he went into the true Holy of Holies in heaven with his own blood, and his blood became the eternal sacrifice, never to be needed to, to be offered again. Jesus never needs to shed another drop of blood for you because the blood that he has already shed for you was enough and it has been offered on the mercy seat in heaven and remember I said that the high priest when they brought a, a, a sacrifice lamb the priest examined the sacrifice not the person bringing the sacrifice now that's significant because when we come in the name of Jesus we are coming on the basis of the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world not covers the sin of the world but takes away the sin of the world and he is he is there and and God has examined the the sacrifice lamb now if a priest went into the holy of holies and he was not acceptable or did not meet the criteria to be coming into the holy of holies he would die and so they actually would tie a rope onto the priest in case he died in there they would drag him out and because they couldn't go in there and get him so they would drag him out. And so um, the high priest, Jesus, has entered in once and for all into the Holy of Holies in heaven, and the sacrifice was the perfect sacrifice. Praise God. You knew if your priest was accepted before God, he had bells on his garment, and you could hear him inside the Holy of Holies. You could hear him moving around in there because of the bells. And so as long as you could hear the priest, 
in the Holy of Holies, you knew that you were okay and that your sacrifice was being accepted before God. And so Jesus, you know, we didn't have to worry about Jesus not being accepted. Praise God. God said this, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Praise God. The the sacrifice that he brought in was the perfect sacrifice. Praise God. If the priest was accepted, then you were accepted. Praise God. Aren't you glad that, I mean, that we have that precedence that God didn't examine the person bringing the sacrifice? You know, aren't you glad that you know, so, so we get this idea that religion has taught us this idea. Religion has taught us that God is examining you constantly. But in reality, God examined your high priest. And when you come on the basis of your high priest and what he has done, God is not examining you. He's examining the priest and the sacrifice that the priest has brought, and he has found it acceptable to him. And because he was acceptable, you are acceptable. He has made us accepted in the beloved. That's what the Scripture tells us. Praise God. So, so get this picture. Jesus goes to the cross, sheds his own blood. He's the sacrifice lamb. He's not only the lamb, but he is also the priest. And so he enters in carrying his own blood, offers it on the, the mercy seat of God in heaven, one sacrifice for all people for all time. Praise God. Has been offered, and it was perfectly accepted by Father God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And the judge of the ages has judged the sacrifice and has judged the priest, praise God, and has accepted both the sacrifice and the priest. Therefore, you, when you come in the name of Jesus, you are coming on the basis of his sacrifice, and therefore you are acceptable unto God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, if you want to come on the basis of what you have done, you're going to come up short. If you want to come saying, Lord, you know, Father, I'm doing pretty good today. You know, remember when the rich young ruler came to Jesus and he said, you know, I've kept all these commandments from my youth up. Jesus looked at him and the Bible says he looked at him and loved him and he said, one thing you still lack. Anytime you want to come on your own merit, he's always going to look at you and say, there's still one thing you lack. Because there will always be at least one thing you lack. Praise God. But when you come on, in the name of Jesus, on the basis of his sacrifice, you are perfectly acceptable unto God because there is nothing that you lack. Jesus perfectly fulfilled every requirement hallelujah hallelujah now let me just talk about 
a, a priest and and uh, you know many people think that a priest is the same thing as a pastor okay um, a priest is not the same thing as a pastor okay uh, a pastor is one of the five fold ministry gifts apostle prophet evangelist pastor and teacher but a priest is something different the priest goes before God but he goes there representing you to God all right a prophet on the other hand represents God back to you all right so a prophet is speaking on God's behalf back to you but a priest is speaking on your behalf to God all right so there, there's a very distinct difference there uh, the fivefold ministry gifts are to uh, you know the apostle we, we could go into all these and define what they all are but in essence they are God teaching you speaking to you ministering to you this this is what these giftings are are for their God to to you but the priest is you to God all right so just just the opposite um, now in Hebrews chapter 5 every high priest verse number one taken from among men is appointed for men in things pertaining to God that he may offer both gifts and sacrifices for sins uh, Exodus chapter 28 verse number one this is where Moses was given the instructions for the priesthood he said now take Aaron your brother and his sons with him from among the children of Israel that he may minister to me as a priest so God is saying that he Aaron may minister to me as a priest uh, so uh, notice he's saying he's he is ministering to God on your behalf that's what he's saying he's ministering to God on your behalf that's what a priest does now Bible also tells us that there is one mediator between God and man the man Christ Jesus one mediator so there was no one else but Jesus you don't need someone else to go into the presence of the Father on your behalf no one except Jesus praise God praise God I am pastor it is not my job to go into the presence of the Father on your behalf not my job not my place that's Jesus job and Jesus is perfectly fulfilling his job praise God praise God now we said that that uh, Aaron was a priest uh, he was the the first high priest and Aaron was of the tribe of Levi and this is why we refer to it as the Levitical priesthood because he was of the tribe of Levi and uh, uh, 
Jesus is a high priest, but he is not a high priest of the Levitical order because Jesus was not of the tribe of Levi. Anybody know what tribe Jesus is from? Man, we need to start doing some Bible studies, okay? Uh, and you need to be here. Don't do any good if I do Bible studies and you're not here, okay? But uh, uh, Jesus was of the tribe of Judah. Now, there, there's some significance to that. And Jesus was a priest after the order of Melchizedek. Melchizedek, the Bible says of Melchizedek that he was without genealogy. In other words, nobody knows where he came from. Nobody knows where he went. Without beginning, without him, we have no record of who his father was. We have no record of who his offspring are. Okay? And so he was a priest forever. And Jesus... Is of the he is in the likeness of Melchizedek. Why? Because he had no earthly father, and he has had no beginning of days. There was never a beginning to him, and there is never an end to him. Praise God! And so there's the typology. Jesus is a priest after the order of Melchizedek, not after the order of Levi, because the Levitical priests, they were born and they died. But Jesus is a priest forever. Praise God. So you don't have to get a new priest. Praise God. Your priest is a priest forever. Praise God. Now, Melchizedek was called the king of righteousness. Jesus is the king of righteousness. Melchizedek was the king of peace. Jesus is called the prince of peace. Praise God. No recorded genealogy. He was a priest continually. Praise God. Now, let's jump down just a little bit. I talked about a couple of weeks ago, I talked about the tithe and how that uh, uh, Abraham tithed to Melchizedek. And... Uh, Bible says that the, um, you know, that he, Melchizedek came out and he brought bread and wine after uh, uh, Abraham was returning from a great victory uh, and uh, after he had rescued his, uh, his nephew Lot and uh, uh, saved the people there and then Melchizedek came out and he met him and Melchizedek brought out bread and wine. The fact that he brought out bread and wine, that speaks of the same thing that the communion table speaks of, which was the broken body and the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. So he brought out bread and wine. And then um, Abraham gave him a tithe of all. In other words, a tithe, a tenth of all of the increase, a tenth of all the spoils of the battle. He gave, he gave it to Melchizedek. Melchizedek was a type of Christ. And what I'm saying, when we bring the tithe today, we are offering it unto Jesus, our heavenly Melchizedek. Praise God. We are offering it to him, and he receives it in, in heaven. 
Praise God. And then, no, why, why bring the tithe? Because the tithe acknowledges that I am not my own source. God is my source. Praise God. Of everything that I have, it all came from him. Praise God. And uh, Abraham said, uh, you know, I have raised my hand. I have acknowledged that God is my source. And so we hit that real quick. Let's go uh, back just a little bit now and look at Hebrews chapter 7, verse number 11. It says, Therefore, if perfection were through the Levitical priesthood, for under it the people received the law, what further need was there of another priest uh, that another priest should arise according to the order of Melchizedek and not be called according to the order of Aaron. Order of Aaron being the Levitical priesthood. Praise God. He said that if perfection could have been attained under the law, there would have been no need for another priest to arise. All right? So let's get that. You see, the Bible says this. says that God found fault with the first covenant. God found fault with the law. Therefore, there was needed another priest to arise. Praise God. And the another priest after the order of Melchizedek is Jesus. Praise God. So notice here, the Levitical priesthood, according to the law, uh, the Levitical priesthood, let me slow down. The Levitical priesthood was according to the law. The Melchizedek priesthood was according to grace. Melchizedek priesthood was according to grace. Now, in Genesis chapter 29, let's look at this. Begin with verse 32. So Leah, this is, remember this is uh, Jacob's first wife. And we go back and, and, and look at the story of Jacob, how that he served his, his uh, uh, father-in-law to be, Laban. And he served him for seven years, hoping to receive Rachel as his, um, uh, not Rachel, Rebecca. No, Rachel is right. I was right the first time. Man, my problem is thinking I'm wrong sometimes. But, um, Rachel was his first wife. He was hoping to receive Rachel as his wife. Uh, but then he was deceived by Laban and he actually accidentally married Leah. Okay, so that's who Leah is. Leah was Rachel's sister, the older daughter. But notice here, Leah conceived and bore a son and called his name Reuben, for she said, The Lord has surely looked on my affliction. Now, I want you to pay attention to that. The, the first son is the Lord has surely looked on my affliction. This is Reuben. Uh, now, the Bible tells us 
that Jacob loved Rachel. He didn't love Leah. He loved Rachel. And so um, the Lord has surely looked on my affliction. Now, therefore, notice this. Now, therefore, my husband will love me. Okay, keep that in mind. So the Lord has looked on my affliction, and my husband will now love me. So in other words, she thought that bearing a son would cause her husband to love her. Now remember, this is a, um, a merit-based system that, that she said, because I've done this, because I've borne him a son, now my husband will love me. All right? Verse 33. Then she conceived again and bore a son and said, Because the Lord has heard that I am unloved. So obviously, the first son didn't cause her husband to love her. All right? So she was trying to merit his favor, but didn't work. And so notice again, she conceived and bare another son and said, Because the Lord has heard that I am unloved, he has therefore given me this son also, and she called his name Simeon. Verse 34, she conceived again and bore a son and said, Now this time my husband will become attached to me because I have borne him three sons. See, always needing another one, another one, more, more, more. And when you have this system of law, there is always more that you're needing. And notice, because I have borne him three sons, therefore his name was called Levi. And Levi was where Moses came from, Aaron came from. It was where the Levitical priesthood came from. Now, in Genesis chapter 39, verse number 35, and she conceived again and bore a son and said, Now I will praise the Lord. Notice she didn't say, this time she didn't say, Perhaps my husband will love me. Maybe he'll love me. Maybe I've earned something. Maybe I have merited something more. But she said that um, now I will praise the Lord. And she uh, therefore called his name Judah. Remember we said Jesus came from the tribe of Judah. So notice the difference. There were three sons in an effort to earn the favor of her husband, to earn the love of her husband, and it didn't work. So then she bears a fourth son. She called his name Praise or Judah. Jesus came. Do you notice the difference here? A merit system, and now what are we going to bring into the house of the Lord? We bring the sacrifice of Praise. Praise God. Under the old covenant, we brought the blood of bulls and goats. Now, under the new covenant, 
under grace, we come and we just simply bring the sacrifice of praise. What's the sacrifice of praise all about? It's all about what Jesus has done, not, not about what we have done. She's praising the Lord because of what he has done, not expecting to be praised because of what she has done. You see the difference. You see the typology there. Now, how many of you know about John the Baptist? All right. Man, we need to have some Bible study. John the Baptist came as a forerunner to Jesus. John the Baptist's father's name was Zechariah. And the name Zechariah means the Lord has remembered or Jehovah has remembered. Um, Zechariah was a priest after the Levitical priesthood. Zechariah... The Bible says that he, the lot fell on him to offer incense on the altar. And so, um, you know, by this time there are so many priests, the tradition was that they would cast lots to see who served in offering the incense in, uh, on, on the altar. And so it fell his lot and according to uh, historians, by the number of priests that there were by this time, that it was likely that if a, if a priest, if it ever fell his lot to offer the incense, it would probably only happen once in his lifetime. And so he, Zechariah, is offering incense on the altar of God, and an angel appears to him standing on the right side of the altar. The Bible says in the, the, the right side, you know, we, we have our term the right hand. This is my right hand man. Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father. It, right uh, signifies favor. And so this angel is standing on the right side of the altar and Zechariah became very afraid and the angel began to speak to him by saying don't be afraid and he begins to tell him that he's going to uh, he's going to father a son and uh, he Zechariah has a hard time believing that and so because Zechariah couldn't believe it and couldn't get his words in line with what the with, with, with what the angel was saying uh, he became mute until after the son was born and the angel told him the angel Gabriel it says the angel told him he said uh, you'll call his name John and John means Jehovah is a gracious giver or we could just shorten it to this and say that his name was Grace. So John, because he is the offspring of Zechariah, the priest, therefore that means that he is also of the priestly lineage. So Zechariah fathers John. John 
comes into this world, and instead of serving as a priest, John goes out and starts baptizing people in the Jordan River, preparing the way of the Lord. John is baptizing in the Jordan River, and, uh, you know, Jesus comes to him, and he baptized Jesus in the Jordan River. But then John makes this statement, you know, his, uh, his disciples come to him, after they had the encounter with Jesus, and they said, you remember that guy that we met back here, you know, when you were baptized? And remember that guy, you know, he's, uh, he's drawing away, and he's got people coming after him. They're, they're following him instead of us now. And his disciples are upset about that, and John makes this famous statement. He says, he must increase, but I must decrease. Now, John... Remember, he's of the priestly lineage of the Levitical priesthood. But Jesus is of the tribe of Judah, and Jesus is a priest after the order of Melchizedek. So John, though he's not serving in the temple, yet John is, is so key important here because when John says he must increase... I must decrease. John is saying symbolically that I, the Levitical priesthood, must decrease. He, the Melchizedek priesthood, must increase. Praise God. And John effectively hands off the priesthood to Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Remember what he said when he saw Jesus coming, when he baptized him in the Jordan River? He said this. He said, Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. Praise God. Look to him. John started pointing his disciples. He said, You guys go follow him. They were upset because people were following Jesus. John said, You guys go follow him because I must decrease, he must increase. Praise God. So John hands off the priesthood to Jesus. Praise God. And now Jesus has ascended to the right hand of the Father with his own blood, offered it on the mercy seat of God in heaven. You see, why did all that happen? Hebrews chapter 7 says it this way, verse number 12. For the priesthood being changed, notice these two words, of necessity. The priesthood being changed of necessity. There is also a change of the law. For he of whom these things are spoken belongs to another tribe from which no man has officiated at the altar. For it is evident that our Lord arose from Judah, for which, the tribe, for which tribe Moses spoke nothing concerning priesthood. And it is yet far more evident if in the likeness of Melchizedek there arises another priest who has come not according to the law of fleshly commandments. Now get this. Jesus did not come according to the law of fleshly commandments, 
but according to the power of an endless life. He didn't come according to the law of fleshly commandments, but he came according to the power of an endless life. For he testifies, you are a priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. Verse number 18, he says, For on one hand there is an annulling of the former commandment. Now, I don't know why the people that say that we are still under law don't understand this scripture. He says, There was, there is an annulling of the former commandment. So he's saying, You're not under the law of fleshly commandments anymore. Praise God. Then he says, because, um, let's see, on the one hand there is the uh, annulling of the former commandment because of its weakness and unprofitableness. He's saying the law was weak. Why was it weak? Because of the flesh. He said it was weak, and then he says it was unprofitable. So if you are trying to approach God on the basis of the law, you're always going to come up short because it was unprofitable. The blood of bulls and goats could never take away sin. But the blood of Jesus has removed sin. Praise God. Praise God. Verse 19, for the law made nothing perfect. Let's, let's underline that word right there, nothing. The law made nothing perfect. On the other hand, there is the bringing in of a better hope through which we draw near to God. Now, what I'm wanting you to see out of this is we do not approach God on the basis of this commandment that has this law that has been annulled, who, that made nothing perfect, this law that was weak, this law that was unprofitable, but we have to come on the basis of Jesus. And on the shed blood of Jesus, praise God, and he calls this a better hope, and it is by this that we draw near to God, by the blood of Jesus. Now, let's bring this down. Let's get real practical about this. How do you know if you're, if you're legalistic? How do you know if, and, and what I mean by that is that are you approaching God on the basis of the law or are you approaching God on the basis of the blood of Jesus? How do you know the difference? How do you tell? All right, so check this out and identify this. And, and it usually shows up in your thinking. Some people actually say it out, but a lot of people think it. Okay? So we need to change our thinking sometimes. Praise God. We need to change our beliefs sometimes. You know, I, I, I like to pray this, Lord, show me any beliefs that I may be holding 
that are wrong, that are incorrect, that are inaccurate, that are, uh, you know, any, any wrong beliefs I may have that I need to repent of. What is repentance? Repentance is just changing your mind. That I need to show me any, any beliefs that I have that I need to change my mind about. All right, what about this one? Well, you know, I'm trying to do better. What are you doing? You're trying to approach on the basis of what you're doing. I'm trying to do better. All right, what about this one? Well, you know, if the Lord's going to heal anyone, he'll heal so-and-so because, you know, they've been a faithful servant of the Lord. What are you doing? you got this mental attitude that being a faithful servant of the Lord, what you're doing is going to get you in tight with God. Well, you know, Lord, I'm a tither. I'm a tither. What are you doing? You're trying to use your performance to gain some kind of favor with God. That's, that's a legal mentality. Now, we ought to do all these things. You know, we ought to do good works because you were saved not by good works, but for good works. Praise God. Being saved ought to change you so that you do good works as a result of salvation, not in order to gain salvation. Praise God. But if you are approaching and thinking, you know, well, Lord, I, I quit doing this and I quit doing that and I quit doing, you know, that other thing you told me to quit. So therefore, I ought to have some kind of favor with you. If we're approaching with that kind of a mentality, that kind of an attitude, we are approaching on the basis of commandments, and he calls that unprofitable. We saw it. We read it. He calls it unprofitable. But he says there's a better hope. There's a better hope. So anytime you approach God with a desire to receive something from the Lord, and you try to impress Him with you. You try to impress Him with what you have done. He will never be unimpressed, and it will always be unprofitable for you. It will not benefit. I'm not saying God's going to get mad at you. I'm just saying it won't get you anything. It's useless. But he says there's a better hope to approach God on the basis of what Jesus has done because with Jesus' sacrifice, he is perfectly well pleased. Praise God. Some of you have had trouble receiving from God because you keep telling God what you've done instead of telling him what Jesus has done. Praise God. Praise God. Are you getting this? Are you understanding this? Jesus is the high priest. You approach God through your high priest who is perfectly acceptable to God. And God supplies your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Praise God. Not according to 
what you've done. Praise God. So approach God on the basis of what your high priest has done and on the basis of the fact that he was perfectly acceptable to God. Praise God. He says, verse 20, Inasmuch as he was not made a priest without an oath, for they have become priests without an oath, but he with an oath by him who said to him, The Lord has sworn and will not relent. You are a priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. By so much more, Jesus became a surety of a better covenant. Praise God. Also, there are many priests because they were prevented by death from continuing. Okay? So the priest was born, the priest served, the priest died. You got a new priest. He says they were prevented from continuing to serve because of death. They died. But Jesus... He, because he continues forever, has an unchangeable priesthood. Therefore, he is also able to save to the uttermost those who come to God through him. Notice that. He's able to save to the uttermost those who come to God through him. That's the only way that you're going to get anything from God is through Him. Praise God. He is able to save to the uttermost those who come to God through Him. Since He always lives to make intercession for them. Verse 26. For such a high priest was fitting for us who is holy, harmless, undefiled, separated from sinners, and has become higher than the heavens, who does not need daily as those high priests to offer sacrifices first for his own sins and then for the sins of the people. You see, under the old covenant, under the Levitical priesthood, the priest had to come and offer sacrifices for his own sins first. Jesus Never need to offer a sacrifice for his own sins. Praise God. Praise God. He offered sacrifices for his own sin and then for the people's. For this he did, Jesus did, once for all when he offered up himself. For the law appoints as high priest men who have weakness. But the word of the oath which came after the law appoints the Son who has been perfected forever. Isn't it good to know that you have a high priest who has been perfected forever? Hallelujah. If he was accepted yesterday, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He has been perfected forever he never needs to go through the process again his sacrifice was accepted once and for all praise God seeing then 
that we have a great high priest, Hebrews 4, verse 14, who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession, for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly. Praise God. Let us therefore come boldly, not timidly, not crawling in, not sneaking in, you know, not head hanging low, come in boldly, and he calls it before the throne of grace. Praise God. Grace means that you have unmerited favor. It is the throne of grace. That implies that you didn't earn it, you didn't deserve it, but it is the throne of God's favor that is based entirely upon what Jesus did. And then notice he says that we may obtain mercy. Mercy means I've missed it. Mercy means I have failed. Mercy means I have come up short. Praise God. People who are without fault, people who are not guilty, don't need mercy. He says that you may obtain mercy. I don't need mercy if I haven't failed. So those who say when you get your act together, then God will accept you. That's why he said, come before the throne of grace that you may obtain mercy. Because he knows you don't have your act together. Praise God. He knows you've messed up. He knows you have failed. Praise God. And your high priest is there making intercession for you on the basis of his blood, which is perfect. Praise God. So God is not standing there or sitting there on the throne weighing what you have done and deciding whether to have favor towards you. He is sitting there on the throne, praise God, and he is having mercy on you because of what Jesus did. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Praise God. I don't know about you, but I need some mercy sometimes. Hallelujah. I need some unmerited favor sometimes because I didn't merit it. I didn't deserve it. I didn't earn it. I didn't measure up. I need unmerited favor because that's the only kind of favor I'm going to get is unmerited favor. That's the only kind of favor you're going to get is unmerited favor because, you know, I know my shortcomings and you know what else I know? I know you're not any better than I am. Praise God. And I know that the same thing applies to you. You need some unmerited favor. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So stop trying to merit it when favor is unmerited. Hallelujah. Grace is unmerited. John the Baptist the priest, according to the law, the commandments, or the priestly lineage, he gave way. He said, merit-based system has got to decrease, but grace must increase. 
Hallelujah. Praise God. If you're here today, or if you're watching online, and you've never received Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, right now I want to bring you to a place where you receive what Jesus has done. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You see, God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Praise God. Praise God. Repentance, that word, I said it earlier, means to change your mind. Repentance, just, just use that word by itself. That word does not mean that you quit all your sin. That's why there, there are thousands upon thousands of people out there that are not saved today because they think that in order to be saved, they have to quit all their sin, and, and they don't think they can do it. But I'm here to tell you today, all you have to do is believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, then you will be saved. Praise God. It's that simple. Now, the sin in part, sin's always bad. Sin will kill you. Sin's a bad idea. It's never been a good idea. Sin will hurt you. But... That's why you're saved. Saved helps you then to begin to change. You start to change from the inside. You're not saved because you quit sinning. You become empowered to quit sinning because you are saved. Hallelujah. Let's not get that backwards. Jesus already paid for all of your sins. He was punished so you don't have to be punished. So I want to lead you in a prayer right now. We're going to receive Jesus as our Lord and Savior. It's very simple. If you believe what I've been telling you today, just say this after me, whether you're in this room. In fact, I want everyone in this room to say this together. And I'd like everyone online to, to say this as well. And if you say this and you mean this, you mean what you're saying. If you don't mean it, nothing will happen. But if you mean what you're saying, you will be saved. Praise God. Say this with me. Say, God in heaven, I'm thankful that you sent your son Jesus to die on a cross for me. I believe that he paid for all of my sin, and he, he has now become my high priest before you. And I believe that you raised him from the dead. And today I choose Jesus to be my Lord and my Savior. Thank you for saving me. Amen. If you prayed that, and according to God's own words, you are now saved. Praise God. I've got a book that you can download. Go to uh, wolcarlsbad.com or go to our Word of Life app, and you can uh, select I Choose Jesus, and you can download this little book, which will help you to know what uh, how, how to get started following Jesus. 
Praise God. That's what it's for. It's free of charge. Praise God. So just download that little book and read that. Praise God. It's either available either in iTunes or uh, uh, in iPad, iPhone format, iBooks format, or in the Android format. Either one. Praise God. So just download that. Praise God. Now I said I was going to share some some, some very specific things about healing this morning. So if, if somebody has called you and asked you to tune in and uh, and, and log on, I, just, I, I want to say this first of all, that the reason you can be healed is not because of what you have done, just like we've preached this morning. Everything you get from God comes because of what Jesus did. Some of you today, you are trying to get your healing because of what you've done. The Lord is saying today, receive your healing because of what Jesus has done. Praise God. So I speak very specifically this morning. Uh, someone has a, has a real problem with their, with their throat. It's affecting your voice. It's affecting your voice. Just give thanks to Jesus that he's provided healing for your body and receive your healing right now for that for that throat condition. Thank you, Jesus. Someone else has a, uh, while we're right in that area, someone else has a gorder on the left side of your, of your neck. The Lord's healing that right now. That, that gorder is, is, is going away. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Oh, there's a whole multitude of people that have knee problems and knee pain. In the name of Jesus, receive your healing. Stand up and, and, and test that. If you're in the room or if you're online, e either way, just stand up and begin to check that out. The, you know, and move your knees about. But a whole, a whole bunch of people with knee problems, the Lord's healing that right now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Something with someone's tongue, and I, I, I don't, I'm not sure I understand that, but, but someone's tongue, uh, you know, I, 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 yes, sir, yes, sir. I think there's a, there's a growth on someone's tongue that, that is causing you a lot of problems when you're eating, and it's just very uncomfortable, very uncomfortable all the time. Some kind of growth and, and, and sores on your tongue. Receive your healing for that right now in the name of Jesus. 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 Somebody's got a, a torn rotator cuff on your right shoulder, your right, uh, your right side there, torn rotator cuff. Jesus is healing that now. Just begin to move that around. And receive your healing for that in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I'm hearing fibromyalgia. Fibromyalgia. The Lord's taking care of that right now. In the name of Jesus, receive a healing 
If you've been suffering with fibromyalgia, receive your healing right now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I speak to, I speak to deafness. Now, in the name of Jesus, put your hands over your ears and, and, and then remove them. Praise God. Your ears, I command in the name of Jesus, ears to open. Ears to open. In Jesus' name. Receive that now. Receive that now. Yeah. Blindness in the left eye. Command that eye to open now in the name of Jesus. Receive your healing. Receive your healing in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Stomach ulcers. In the name of Jesus. I command those ulcers to heal in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, receive that now. Receive that now. If you've had stomach ulcers, receive your healing in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. someone that there are times right right now your mind is sharp you're hearing what I'm saying your mind is sharp but but there have been times when you're when your memory is getting is getting fuzzy and you're not remembering things and you, you think you're losing your mind right now your mind is sharp but this is scaring you and you've been in fear about this, wondering what's going on. In the name of Jesus, I declare clarity of mind that stays, that stays in the name of Jesus. That fuzzy uh, mind is, is not going to return in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, receive that now. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. All based on what Jesus, our high priest, has done. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You don't have to worry about being accepted because when you come on the basis of what he's done, he's been accepted already, forever. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you once again for joining us today online. We value you and we want to hear from you. If you made a decision for Christ today, you can select I Choose Jesus on our website. And we've got a couple videos for you to watch so that you can get started on your walk with God. We've also got a free ebook that you can download right from our website called I Choose Jesus. And I want to encourage you to do that. Once again, thank you for joining us. And remember that God is madly in love with you.